On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we break down the disaster of a Bears game on Monday Night Football. They're 5-2, and two, but it kind of feels like they're 2-5. and five. Should we be this frustrated? I think we both say yes. All that and more in episode 14, coming up now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. Dan Collins here with my partner, Joey Gelman. Happy to have you, the lovely listener, tuning in. Sad to talk about today's topic. It is basically um, an unofficial Bears Monday Night Football post-game show. Uh, once again, we'll get to the particulars first. Dan Collins, find me on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. Joey Gelman, who I will toss it over to momentarily on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Follow the show, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, in Chicago. All right, Joey. Well, um, you know, leading up to this game, everybody, you know, the the critics, the fans, us, uh, Ryan Dyrud, who, uh, thank you again, we had him on the, the previous show. We did a little bit of a unofficial Bears pregame to this Monday night football disaster, if you are a Chicago Bears fan. And one of the big questions was, is this the worst five and one team in the league? Well, I don't know. Or, you know, one of the worst five and one teams you've seen in quite some time. Ooh, they tried their best to convince us, convince us of that. Did they tonight? I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was, I mean, we'll, we'll break it down. We'll, we'll, we'll get into more details of it. Cause the details coming out of this game are definitely a little fun to discuss, but I think it's as simple if you just want the cliff notes. The offense kind of sucks. Defense, still pretty damn good. Defense is good. The offense just is crap. And I think it's the offense as a whole. There, there's one player on offense, maybe a couple. There's, there's a couple of the playmakers we defend. It's the Allen Robinsons. It's the David Montgomery's. He's not getting enough holes. They're not going to him enough. Find a way to get David Montgomery going. Find a way to get some of those weapons, you know, whether it be Mooney or Komet, more involved in the game. I think it's just a, a crappy combination of we don't have a good enough quarterback. We discussed that already. I don't care if you're going with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. The O-line, not good enough. The play calling, skeptical. Literally broke it all down the past couple shows, and that's just what it is. It's as simple as... We're not good enough on offense because we have too many errors, blunders, what, what, however you want to call it. Too, too, too much bad. It's just that simple. There, I'll just find a way better word for it, and it's a very simple word. There's too much bad in terms of the offense, whether you're talking about the quarterback, whether you're talking about the coach calling the plays, Matt Nagy, or whether you're talking about the sometimes disaster with the O-line. Bears lose by two two touchdowns and two PATs today, 24 to 10, even though we'll air this show on a Tuesday. That was the final score. And 24 to 10, defense, in my opinion, did better than Rams hanging 24 on them. They really did. But I think it's as simple as that, Joey. I mean, I'll turn it over to you, but it's as simple as we learned once again. The offense just sucks. It's kind of suck. It's that, that simple. Yeah, they do. I mean, it, Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, the show's over. <laughs> Goodbye. Go so long. Roll credits. Uh, no, I mean, we we talked about it last week, and I said it is 
unacceptable and impossible again for this team to come out as flat in a first half. Where they're oh, scoring. Not impossible. They proved you wrong. I died clearly. <laughs> Whether it was three points, six points, 11 points, what have you. And besides an Eddie Jackson fumble touchdown, you were in the fourth quarter with three points again. For, for a team that is supposed to be this offensive juggernaut because who their coaches, you had three points. And, and it's just, it, it, it's the same old story. I know we have a lot of angles to, to go on, but I think we learned a lot tonight about this team. I know that sounds kind of dumb because, like, Joey, they've been doing this for, like, the entire season. Why would you ever say that? I think we understand it better now because it's not just the quarterback anymore. We've 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 said all along of, of of how this offense is bad because they don't have the right quarterback and it's Trubisky and it's Foles and then whomever it may be, but you're seeing now an overall picture of something that's been building for the last three years that isn't clicking, and, yeah. and we can blame a million people in this, but but there's there's a real disconnect here, and you kind of saw it all on display tonight with personnel decisions, coaching decisions, play calling decisions. And I know we'll talk in detail about it, but I think that's my biggest takeaway of, you know how we always usually blame the kicker? They're a kicker away from a playoff win. They're a quarterback away. And I, trust me. Those were the days. Right. And, and, and trust me, that graphic on Monday Night Football that I'm sick of seeing of the Bears have had 51 quarterbacks in 50 years of Super Bowl history. I mean, it's obnoxious. And I know that. <laughs> I know that's really an issue. But... But I thought you were going to mention the other graphic that they kept showing. The Bears still haven't thrown a 40-yard-plus passing That too. Play. That they too. showed it all over. Every time there was a, 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 Nick throw, a Nick Foles overthrow or just something that went wrong in the passing game. Oh, by the way, let's remind you of this. Oh, yeah. I but, know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they can carry that to the fun national audience. To us who watch it, everybody we're like, shut up. We know. But, but I think there's an overall picture now of what this offense is, and it's not pretty. And there's a lot... And there's a lot more bad, like you said. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot more bad with this team than than there is good. And I sound dumb probably saying that being five and two, but this was your toughest stretch of the year, and it's not starting out the way you ever needed it to. You know, I'll, I'll give Matt Nagy this much, just just this much. This much is like <laughs> how? Well, let's look at it this way: David Montgomery. 14 rushes today for just under 50 yards, 48 yards, good for 3.4 yards a carry. Cordell Patterson, three rushes himself for uh, a yard. So 17 rushing, 17 rushing attempts that combined. That sweep on fourth and two didn't do it for you with uh, Patterson? It was close, it was close to doing it for me, but it didn't. Uh, and they end one yard More shy runs. of the half century mark at 49 total rushing yards today. Woohoo! Foles had 40 passing attempts. But let's just think about this for a quick second, Joey. The offense, no matter what, they just have such a hard time getting going that before you know it, we're trailing. And if if you don't get going even after we start trailing, just like sports work, you start trailing even more. And then if fo- the way football works, the more you're the more points you're trailing by. The more passing attempts, you're just the, the more less balance you're going to be, and the more times you're just going to air it out because you're down so many damn scores. So in a game like this, I don't necessarily want to see Nick Foles chuck it up 40 times, but just like we were saying in the middle of the week, if Nick Foles has about 35-plus passing attempts, probably not good. Why? Because the Bears are going to be behind, and they're 
almost going to be forced into doing what people don't want them to do and go away from the run. The run doesn't work when we're in a tie ball game. The run doesn't the, the run hardly works when we're ahead. The run doesn't work when we're behind. And it's mostly because at least just from, you know, what I'm seeing with my own Bears fan eyes, the holes aren't there. The O-line's not good enough. We 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 don't have what it takes to move the bodies up front, make some holes and get a consistent and sustainable enough good running game. It's so facto, we suck at passing the ball because we don't have a good enough quarterback and a good enough play caller. That is a recipe for disaster. And maybe Matt Nagy could be a pretty damn good play caller if he did have a pretty damn good O-line, a pretty good quarterback. You can make you can make an average NFL offensive mind look pretty damn good if he had a really good offensive line and a good quarterback. So that's what I mean by I'll, I'll give him Matt Nagy, and I know this is a podcast and you can't see my hands unless you watch the audiograms on our Twitter, Believe in Chicago Sports, or Joey's, or mine. What is that called? A... Uh, um, not a pity plug. Um, one of shameless things. plug. Shameless plug. There you go. Just like the TV show. Anyways, th- that's why I give him like a, a little bit of not credit, but a little bit more leash, I guess. Because Joey, if if the talent's not out there in any sport, how much could the coach do? Now, if maybe our expectations are a little bit too high on Negi, right? He's supposed to be this, you know, hot young coach with a PhD in offense. Okay, maybe if he was a future Hall of Fame coach, he could still somewhat figure out what we have in terms of talent on offense and whether or not be that good, figure out how to make it better. But for any average to maybe above average mind, if you just don't have the O-line, if you don't have the quarterback, how much can I expect of you? And a little bit more after after I I hear what your thoughts are on this, (laughs) we'll get into the the broadcast quote about the apparent – relationship with Negi and Foles, which might sway my opinion back this direction, and then I take the leash completely away. But just in terms of talent on the field, I don't know. I, I get it. There's still some suspect things where, you know, you're going to Demetrius Harris one too many times yeah. instead of uh, a tight end and Cole Komet, hometown kid that you drafted high. First round, praise him, made some good plays out there today. Go back to him. I don't know, but I mean, you can only get to those playmakers, and David Montgomery can only do so much in his run game if you have the guys up front doing their job and, and, and a good enough quarterback to, to make the right plays. I don't know. Well, I know the talent's not good enough, but you have to be able to adjust as a coach and adapt to that. Like, if you have garbage, I get that. You can't fix garbage, but... You can throw it out in trash can. <laughs> That's true. Maybe the Astros will pick it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I feel like you're... I feel like you're putting us in like Mike Mart's territory here of where mm. of where you have a guy that has a system and he can't get out of his own way to scheme something differently to adapt and adjust to his own players. And that's where I think the biggest disconnect is that it comes in, in, in what Brian Greasy said and what you're going to talk about next is is that there, there's this fantasy land that Negi has and he can't get out of his own way. And if something comes in the way of that, it's not it's just not right. And so when, 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 when you have Mike Martz telling Jay Cutler he has to run everything, there's no audibles, and Cutler just looks and goes and, like, F off. Like, we're not going to – like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I feel like we're in that same, that, that same territory again where, where you have a coach 
that's putting his scheme, his belief over what his team actually looks like. And the problem is the team is actually bad and he can't, they're just not, they're not marrying. But I'll let, I'll, I'll let you get into Brian Greasyland because I think that's going to, that's going to send us down a, a really good conversation on how <laughs> Neggy and this team operate. Yeah, it'll probably be fun to talk about. On the topic in and of itself isn't necessarily fun and reassuring as a Bears fan. But oh hell no! But it's a good it, comic for to us. Talk about. <laughs> so here, let me just pull up the Twitter train. Uh, let me just search Brian Greasy, Nick Follis. Okay, Choo-choo. here we go. So we have we have Jason Leisure who covers the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Sun Times. He's reminding Twitter audience uh, of what Brian Greasy did say, which is, um, you know, he said that Nick Foles told that ESPN crew that Neggy will sometimes send in a play call and Foles right off the bat claims he already knows it's not going to work because he knows he won't have enough time after the snap. So there's Neggy got the face mask on reading the playbook. All right, Joey. All right, Nick, we're running Z two, four, right? Uh, hot on three and Nick folds immediately in his head. This is, you know, per Brian greasy over the broadcast and what Foles told the broadcast crew just knows it's not going to work. What? <laughs> now, two things there. If 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 Nick Foles is first, let's go with if Nick Foles is right. Like if if yeah, he's he's pretty damn right that there's certain plays that for sure Neggy's throwing in there, and Foles isn't liking it. How much stock does that immediate immediately plummet from Matt Neggy? Now. This isn't necessarily the first time you've heard of, you know, a player or I'll even go quarterback, you know, and coach Quarrel. You, know, you see it all the time. You, even the best of them, the, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, Bears fans, but that guy's pretty damn good over there in Green Bay. You see them get fired up and talking to coaches and having disagreements all the time. But still, that is not something you want to hear. Neggy is supposed to be. <laughs> Well, the, the offensive guru, he's just supposed to be good at offense. Screw the words. Screw the fancy little adjectives or describers. He's just supposed to be good. It's that simple. And if you're throwing multiple plays out there to where a veteran quarterback thinks automatically, oh, no. And there's visuals to back that up. And, I mean, we're this is – let me preface this by saying, sure, tons of assumptions I'm going to throw out there. But – there's many a times, Joey, already in just a short little time starting for the Chicago Bears that we have seen on a broadcast Nick Foles on the sideline having a little bit of a passionate back and forth with Coach Nagy, mostly when things aren't going right on offense, mostly all the time. <laughs> mostly all the time things aren't going right on offense, not mostly all the times they're having these passionate conversations. But, oh, my gosh. <laughs> How does that make you feel as, as a Bears fan, just sitting on your couch and going, wait, what now? Wait, wait, DVR, TiVo, re- rewind? Uh, can, can we replay that again? Is that really what Brian Greasy just said? Also, if Foles did tell that to the crew, did he – like he didn't – he didn't, you know, lead off. <laughs> he didn't lead off the first pitch by saying, hey, by the way, you know, just between me and you guys, you know, off the record – you know, he he throws in some plays sometimes, and I'm just like, what the hell is he talking about? Or did he do it so candidly that it's like, yeah, this is what I feel. You guys use this, you use this. I mean, you're talking to the broadcast crew. You have to know that what this it's part of the reason the broadcasters talk to you before the game. They need some content in case they need to fill the broadcast. And you gave that to them. 
wild. <laughs> and, you know, Negi's already out there and he's responding to the questions. And I'm, I'm sure him and Foles, like, he and Foles, they'll, they'll be talking about it maybe a couple more times the rest of the week. But not a good place to be after that type of offensive performance. No, not at all. And, and I think it just adds fuel to the fire of what we've been saying all year of of how Negi just can't adjust and can't figure this out on the fly. And it it shows. I mean, when you saw the game today, how many plays... I mean, granted, the offensive line is terrible. And I think that's something we all underestimated coming into this year. It's but not good. Not good at all. But you, you saw that on, on every big play, Foles on his back foot. Foles was flushed out. He had no time to throw the ball. And you wonder your question, like, okay, the line's really bad. But was it also the play call that called for a seven-step drop when Aaron Donald's coming right at you? Or you're running the ball to the right with Montgomery when Aaron Donald's coming right at you? Or now That's you have not a good? No. That Donald guy's good? Yeah. He's pretty good at football. Or Leonard okay. Floyd, I guess, is good I now. Never known, I would have never known with um, the way we game plan like you no, were saying. No, me neither. So. And now Leonard Floyd is apparently good, and you couldn't scheme for the guy that played for you last year he's good for one prime play at least man Chicago he was yeah I, I know so so like that was just so so frustrating here is you have a, if that's the context now if you go okay Matt Nagy is calling plays that he thinks will run that are beautiful in practice but in the context of a game don't work that's a problem and that explains why you have pre-snap penalties pre-snap delay of games pre-snap uh, uh timeouts that are just trying to figure out how we get this offense to work and you can't get it to mix together. Or you end up in a game where you have 49 yards rushing or in in, in, in 24 out of 40 games that Nagy's coached, they haven't scored more than 21 points. Or this is their fourth consecutive game with under 60... Don't just stop already. Just oh my stop. God. Fourth consecutive game with fewer than 65 yards like rushing. And it's like... Love this, it. Count me in. This, Put me on the bandwagon. <laughs> like, this all makes sense now. That if there's that big of a disconnect, that Negi's trying to run these games like a practice. I know there's no fans, but it's actually a real game. I don't know if you forgot that. So if if that's what it is, is you're, you're running it like a practice, not adjusting to a game, and you see all this play out, it makes sense. And, and I'm not here to indict Negi as a head coach, because I think he has a locker room. I think I think he's respected by those guys. But but as a play caller and learning how to adjust in a game, it's completely gone. It's absent. And, and and it really makes it difficult to when you sit here and you go, all right, the Bears got that lucky touchdown on defense. They're down two scores with decent amount of time left. And you know they have zero chance of scoring. Zero. And, and if the there's refs that, finally the refs finally let Eddie Jackson have one. How about Thanks, it? Thanks, refs. There we go. So 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 that's what my my my, my biggest takeaway from all this is is if that's true that explains a lot because that's a big big problem when you have a quarterback that understands what's going on in the game and the coach that is still in practice land and can't marry the two and you see why you 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 run the same play as they do or Foles is is forced to chuck down the ball and like why are they throwing it five yards short on third and ten? Oh, because he called a seven step drop and there was no time to get the ball out versus a quick slant to Allen Robinson or Cole Komet and, and and use the pieces you do have and can take advantage of. So I don't know if Brian Greasy was supposed to know that or supposed to say that, but thank you for saying it because now it is an yeah. entirely new narrative with this Bears team in 2020. 
when you just mentioned all that practice stuff, just the word practice in general, just ooh, it brought me back to when, well, Mitch Trubisky, he's going to progress because we run all this stuff in practice and he's amazing. We just have to bring it out to the game. It's the same thing, just like you're saying. Are, are they doing this little cutesy stuff in practice and it looks fine, but come gameplay when you do have Aaron Donald, one of the best, if not the best, you know, men up front in the league, you know, him and Khalil Mack rivaling each other. And I wish it was a better matchup on Monday night, but it wasn't. Um, like, yeah, it's not going to look or be the same, right? And sorry, I'll paint the visual again. As you were giving me just all those amazing stats, I was like the crazy guy, you know, with, with the white map and, and the red string. And here, here's one stat and here's the other one. We're going to figure the bears out. Oh, there's the other bad <laughs> stat. And I was trying to connect all the dots. And we all know, you know, in this in this 24 to 10 defeat for the Chicago Bears, you just reminded us again, Joey, but it's something that it needs to be said. Three points on offense. Three. <laughs> they put up a field goal in the first half on offense, and that's it. Ten total points as a team. The other seven courtesy of, def- of a defensive turnover. Eddie Jackson finally getting a turnover into the end zone for six, and then the PAT. And that, <laughs> that just can't happen multiple times in the red zone. Multiple times on fourth down, whether it's fourth and short or, you know, fourth and medium and you have to go for it. You can't even convert on fourth downs. Come on. We're fourth. We have multiple attempts at this. Get it done. I knew they were going to Patterson on a fourth down. Didn't you? Like, if I'm the Rams defense, I'm like, oh, it's this again. It's every week. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that play perfectly. Not only did you go to Patterson on that fourth and one, but it was a semi-cute reverse. Right. It was a sweep. Yeah. And you were pretty reliant, correct me if I'm wrong, they were pretty reliant on whims to make a key block there. Yeah, and they threw it backwards. That's not terrible. But they threw it backwards. (laughs) It's fourth and... Nothing against whims, but you need a key block and a key play, and that's make or break for the entire game. And you go with a cutesy reverse to probably the wrong guy. Well, I mean, you don't necessarily, you know, you're not going to be reversing with, say, like a Montgomery or something because that's just not his game. But still, the reverse in general, which then puts Patterson by default (laughs) there. And then now you need the whims. It's it's silly. It's silly. And maybe here's the only thing we could think about. And if anything, it backs up your point is if you're the head coach there or you're the one or, or if you're the play caller, what are you going to do in that situation, Joey? You are going to run what's your a top five play for you. Maybe your best one. If you think this is the game, which it, it pretty much was, fourth and one, we are going to run our best play for this scenario. Or, you know, a top five play for us that we have confidence will get us this yard. And for somebody like Matt Nagy, with that type of play design. That's just a top like five call for him, right? Like it's that simple. It's not all right. Fourth and one. We really need this. Let's be conventional. Let's maybe you know pound it right up the gut. Hopefully get at least enough of a hole for a David Montgomery yard. Or I wouldn't necessarily have liked to seen this either. But maybe just like a quick screen or you know a quick slant to Robinson. You know something like that. Something that's a little more conventional. But with him, what do you do? You go to your, you know, you go to your best four and one play, which for some coaches it's like a, a little pick play or something. For the Chicago Bears, it's a, it's a little cutesy little sweep. Whatever. But I you think want it's his favorite. Patterson. It's not their best. It's his favorite. 
or it's the one like you're right that he's that he feels most confident in now or not most but he feels very confident in he you're not going to be met Nagy and call that play and not have some sort of extreme confidence well, of in course. it. of course of <laughs> course but that's the whole point is that's it like right it wasn't like he called it on third and six middle of the game it's tie or down three it's in that position like that is so do or die. <laughs> and that's what it was. That's where your confidence is. Why? Why? And I'll give him this, <laughs> which this might ne- not necessarily, for the sake of his coaching or play calling career, be a good thing. But if there's one thing he does do, he really does, you know, lead by example in terms of the BU because that's him. <laughs> He's not changing who he is. You're right. He he is totally that BU tagline that he uses in coins as a head coach. Maybe a little too much, you know, <laughs> maybe to a fault. So far to a fault, but I guess I'll give him that much. He he will stick with his guns and he knows if that play doesn't work and maybe he's not thinking it at the time, but there's some point of him whether it's after or whether it's leading up to the game, like if he gets into a situation like that and he does call that type of play call and it doesn't work, he has to know somehow criticism's coming his way, right? I mean, you could call almost anything on fourth and one, whether it be, oh, you shouldn't have ran it there or you shouldn't have passed it there or you shouldn't have even went for it on fourth and one in this part of the field. Like there's always those instances. And that's what he puts himself, that's what he put himself into, that. I don't know. Teach their own, man. Go ahead. I'm not an NFL head coach. I'll never. I never will. Be, and that's but. what he'll argue. He'll say, "You don't know what you're talking about." I'm the coach yeah. of this football team. Well, actually, I know what I talk. I mean, I know exactly. Facts are facts. You also can't rebuttal against me when I say it didn't work. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and when I say it usually doesn't work, I can still throw statistics at you. So, I mean, a head coach could say whatever they want, but right. If if you just stack up play after play after play, like key clutch need like why did you throw the ball at demetrius harris i don't know why he has a job why is ted Ginn returning punts he he runs away from them okay could <laughs> i i know that there's like this whole special teams rule right as a punt returner where you know you, you put your heels on the 10 and then you kind of go from there if it's you, you let it bounce you fair catch or you run up you, you do what you need to do but I will I will say this. Uh, I have to look up his hacker. Okay, I had to pause for a second to look up his name. Sorry, I didn't even after that fantastic performance know the Los Angeles Rams punter by name. But okay, so he's punting the shit out the ball. What was it? Four or five times in a row. That's yeah, awesome. What were they calling it? Watermelon kicking it mm-hmm. or whatever he was doing. Okay, cool. So he's doing this whole fancy schmancy watermelon kick and just being spot on in perfect form can you figure it out and just fear catch the damn thing <laughs> like think about it even if you're like somewhat taught or trained and you know if the bears go by the cliche of put your heels on the 10 if it looks like it's gonna go behind you let it go now i'm not because it's gonna take a bad like at, at that point i'm just saying no wherever it is i'm just going to find it and catch the damn thing i'm not letting it roll i'm not letting it do anything this guy is too damn good and if, even if my special teams coach wants to disagree with me, which he should have informed me of this before I went out anyways, because that's what a special team coach should probably do. Like, you know what? This freaking guy is on fire. Just just go under it and fear catch the damn thing. Don't let it bounce. Don't let it do anything cute. Because if we do, with the luck he's having, with not even luck, just with the performance he's having, 
the talent he's showing right now, it's going to go to the one. It's going to go to the two. Just just take the damn football. Ugh. <laughs> it's just aggravating. It's like, come on. Right. It's like on top of everything else. Like, that's what had to be bad of just not even yeah, trying that's not to the reason field we the lost. Ball. No, of course it's not. not the reason we lost. But it's... It, like you said, it's just everything that's going on. It's like, come on. It's just it, it's it's the snowball effect. And it did snow a little today in Chicago. So that's there we true. Go. <laughs> it's just the, the snowball effect of what the heck is going on. The <laughs> Nick Foles can't hit Mooney or anybody else for that matter, if you believe or not, if you believe it's a fact, if you could remind yourself of the ESPN quote of the Bears can't throw the ball down the field, not over 40 yards. Yeah, because we either overthrow them or it's an interception we had the interception in the red zone when we were kind of coming back. And <laughs> it's funny. Jackson scores, as I mentioned, a comeback. The refs finally let him have it. He gets his his, his recovery for a touchdown. And the broadcast, I forgot who it was on the broadcast, goes, oh, they're back in it. You know, we were down two scores. No, we weren't. You know how hard it is? It, like, if you're watching the game, Scoring a touchdown just in yourself who's not part, you know, you're not on the field there with the Bears, it's still like just viewing it, just viewing the Bears attempt to score a touchdown feels like a chore. It, it feels like such hard work. It's like, oh, I don't know. Am I going to be able to throw out the trash today when my mask? I don't know. It's like, it just feels like such a chore trying to score a touchdown and on offense, they didn't score a touchdown against the Rams on Monday Night Football. And it's like, no, like, it's so hard for us to score. You don't understand it, broadcast crew, but we were, not, we were never really in it. And it, we're, we're never – I can't see us ever really blowing out a team. I've said this multiple times on this show already. Like, if we – for how many other games we win this year, whether it be one more, whether it be four more, five more, what have you, they're all going to be close. They're all going to probably be annoying. And – just got to get used to it. That's the 2020-2021 Chicago Bears, and they did, unfortunately, the offense did because the defense, man, give them, give them a break. Like <laughs> They're out there just tr- – they did a fantastic job offensively, and you know when it comes down to as a whole, did a pretty good job of showing the league that, yeah, maybe we are a bad 5-1 football team. Yeah, I, I mean – you had a chance tonight to show the country who you are. And was I expecting the Bears to put up 35 points and run away with this thing? Like, hell no. But you wanted to at least show some kind of competence. And, and, and you, you, you really saw what this team can't do <laughs> against good teams. And this was a game where, I, I mean, I know we talked to Ryan, and, and he was very high on the Rams. I wasn't that high on the Rams, but I guess I wasn't as low on the Bears as I should have been because you saw exactly what the Rams playbook was hoping to be going into this game of getting a balance, moving the the pocket, doing a lot of play action. And and to your credit, you're right. I mean, to their credit, the Bears defense played fine, but it it, it gets to a point where they can't hold the the dam up much longer. And And if the Rams had you know Mahomes back there you're it's it's 42 to nothing before you blink so so I, I I think the Rams played to their playbook but it's it really showed the Bears true colors and true flaws on offensive not just that they're average that they're bad 
And and, yeah. and and the fact that you've had this many weeks in a row where you can't even crack the century mark on offense, and you keep having these disconnects and wrong personnel decisions. I mean, on that pick in the end zone, like like you mentioned, you you <laughs> secured the lovely services of Jimmy Graham for one yeah. reason only at this age because he can't block and can't run, but it's for that post pass in the end zone where he gets right posted zone, about yeah. right, and they took him out. And yes, then tried, did. and then tried to shove the ball in the corner on double coverage. On, on, on obviously not Jimmy Graham. And it's like, yes, well, they did. Then why do you have him? There is, is this, no try. It was just a do not. Thank you. Yoda. <laughs> it didn't succeed. So, so, so it's like, why even try? Or the same thing with Cole Komet. It's two great plays in in a row. I don't think we saw him since the second quarter. I, I really well, don't. I have, a, I have a, like, I've already had it with the whole. Why is. Why is Patterson getting this kind of run? Or why are we still throwing the ball to Harris? Why is he even out there? You know, like <laughs> he's on a decoy. Like why? Why is he even out there? And, and even beyond that, you know, it goes all the way to last year with these whole personnel questions. And quite frankly, I think it's as simple as that. Like, I'm sorry if many reporters or if a reporter has asked this, but I think it's just as simple as. Why were they out there? And I'm sure there were questions like that, you know, asked, and I, maybe I should do some more reading up on that. But it's like, literally, why? No, just just answer the question, why? <laughs> like, I get that Nagy, from what we're, you know, we're trying to jump to the conclusion of, wow, this guy really isn't going to change, right? Like, if he believes in this type of fourth and one play, or if he believes a guy like Harris should be out there during this time, even if you have other what would seem like better options on the sideline that you can use. This is just him, but let's put ourselves in Nagy's shoes, right? So you take Jimmy Graham out in that situation you were just talking about, where instead of going to a guy like Graham, you go throw it into double coverage. Well, Foles did, you know, and but you still drop a play that leads a receiver that way instead of maybe something for a Jimmy Graham or whatnot, or you keep Pierce in there a couple times and you go to him. Why? Like, for example, let's just, we'll, we'll dial up on one. We'll dial the Jimmy Graham, we're taking him out and, you know, going to the corner of the end zone with a different receiver. Why? Like, do you really think that's good? Like, why do you think it will work? Not why did you do it, but it, I'll, I'll, I'll try to ask the question, but like, why do you think he thinks that's smart? Is it just is it just a trying to be the smartest man in the room type of situation or uh, yeah probably would he tell you no trust me you don't know I've seen fifty hours of film on the Rams defense alone and trust me if you only saw what I saw on the fifty plus hours of film this is why I did what I did there, there's just something that these head coaches could spot I don't know I don't know if that's like the kind of argument or counter argument he would give against those type of situations but it's like seriously you ask yourself why 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 do you think this would work right what was the matchup you saw going in that that i don't know allowed you to make the decision on a personnel wise like i don't know demetrius harris has dropped three balls in two games and like he dropped three in a row across two games you go well why is he still out there why why is jimmy graham not being posted up to why it was like the um, Adam Shaheen thing of last year. Right. Why Why on fourth down are you going to Cordero Patterson every time? Why Why when you need third and short, you have five wide receiver sets? Like, you're, 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 you're becoming a very predictable offense. Not just one-dimensional, but also predictable even when it's running and passing. And that's a really big 
problem because defenses know now. All right, Jimmy Graham's out, so we don't have to worry. Oh, Cordero Patterson's in. We're going to go to him. We have five wide receivers set in third and two. They're, of course, going to throw. Like, it's just like I could play defense against this. I'm glad you brought that up. So even if Matt Nagy's style was better, even if we had a better offensive line, even if we had a somewhat better quarterback, being able to not only adapt, but if you want to be the best, if you want to be like a top three team in any type of sport, what do the best championship caliber teams do or what can they do? They could beat you in many different ways. The Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions, put up 43 points against a not-so-good Broncos team on Sunday. But still, the Chiefs put up 43 points. Patrick Mahomes had 23 passing attempts. He was 15 for 23 for exactly 200 yards and one touchdown. In those 43 points, he wasn't lining it up. He didn't, it wasn't, and, and sometimes that, that is the case, but in this particular, in that particular contest, he threw for less than 25 passing attempts, less than 215 yards, 200 exactly, and he threw for a touchdown. Didn't even rush for a touchdown. He, he just he passed a touchdown because they ran the ball eight times with Edwards Elaire, six times with Bell, and a couple more, you know, rushing attempts. Like, they could beat you in so many different ways. And they're not the only team out there in the NFL who could beat you in different ways. And the Chicago Bears, we can't beat you in any way on offense. <laughs> the, the way we are going to beat you is just defense, and that is it. Maybe maybe some help from the special teams too. But for the most part, the way the Bears are going to beat you is their defense is going to be top-notch that game. And the offense, hell, maybe the offense doesn't even figure out a way to score. Maybe there's the defense scores a couple times themselves, and that's how they win. But other good teams – championship caliber teams, they could beat you on offense and defense in at least more than one way. And the Bears, like I said, can't even beat you one way on offense the majority of the time, let alone a different way. And that's probably just my biggest takeaway from not only this Bears Monday night football matchup, but just the weekend. It was just a, it was just a good reminder to myself where – Wow, you hear that all the time in any sport. Really good teams could beat you multiple ways. The Chicago Bears, which was reinforced on Monday Night Football, showed me that they can't. They haven't. Maybe they could. You haven't shown it yet. I highly doubt you could. Yeah, that's, that, that's just what that that was the reminder for me. That was my biggest takeaway. No, sadly. it makes sense. I mean, it takes two to tango. It's like you got to have. A, a cohesive agenda and approach. I mean, there, there's a reason why, like you said, Mahomes cannot have that great of a game and the Chiefs still win. It, it, there, there, there's more to it than just a player. 40-plus points. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, it's not the NBA where you say, stick LeBron out there and he can win you a game. I don't care what you schemed. Football's different. There's a reason why Belichick and Brady have won six Super Bowls and McCarthy and Rodgers only had one. That mesh wasn't as good at understanding about how to create an overall team approach and culture to winning on offense. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers covered up a lot of holes for Mike McCarthy, as you're seeing now in Dallas. So there, there's a reality here to exactly what you're saying. It's you have to find other ways to win. It can't always be the quarterback's fault. It can't always be this player's fault. It's got to all come together and adjust together in games. And it's just not 
happening. And it's really frustrating because now you can sit here and know the only way you're going to win a game is if your defense scores points. And even Nagy said it's unacceptable that the defense scored more than his offense. Well, that's kind of been the case for a while now. So how unacceptable is it? So you, 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 you have to put your foot down somewhere and be like, we can't, we can't keep doing this. It can't, you, you can't be one player away, one this away. It's like you, you have to have a cohesive effort to try to make this thing better because it's, it's not. If there are, because we talk a lot about Matt Nagy's ego, and I even brought up how he leads by example with the whole BU tagline that he loves to use as head coach of the Chicago Bears. If a player likes, say, and correct correct me if I'm wrong and I'm just not watching football the way I should be this year, but if a Hall of Fame quarterback like Drew Brees, who has can't throw the ball as far as he used to, He's not the same quarterback he was five plus, seven plus seasons ago. But him and Sean Payton figure out how to still work the offense. He could still maybe even throw 25, 30 times a game, but a lot of them, a lot of his passing attempts won't be 10 plus or 15 plus yards. If he could put his Hall of Fame ego aside (laughs) as a quarterback in the NFL and just run whatever offense needs to be run for it to work, even if it's handing off or shovel passing or doing whatever the hell needs to be done, like with Alvin Kamara, however it is, they need to figure it out. You know, this is just another takeaway I had this week. And if, if there's people out there like that, even the Tom Brady's who could sometimes put their ego aside and just, all right, if I, if I, you know, maybe it only takes, you know, three straight three yard passes for me to win this game, whatever it takes. If those type of NFL personalities could do it, then why can't Matt Nagy? It's different people. But you know what I'm saying? You're talking about there's Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coaches out there who will adjust the way they need to. Bill Belichick being one of them. Those are the best ones. They're freaking Hall of Fame players, coaches, and that's why they are because they do whatever it takes. Whether they still have the talent or they used to have the talent but not as much anymore, it doesn't matter. They will adapt. And you're telling me Matt Nagy can't – no knock on him. No, I'm not trying to just sit here and bruise him up. And I know a lot of this show addressed a lot of the Matt Nagy issues, but it's because it, if there if there's one mainstay after this season for the Chicago Bears personnel on, on the field and in the coaching staff, unless the Bears lose out the rest of the way, he's one of the ones that you would assume is being cemented in for next season. That's what, you know, I don't know about Foles. I don't know about a Trubisky. You'll have Nagy next year, and sorry, folks, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) So I'm already kind of thinking about next year. It'd be fun to finish this out and make the playoffs, I think, still. I still want to mind seeing postseason football and the Chicago Bears there, but we're not winning the damn Super Bowl unless the most craziest crap happens, which maybe, you know, crazy shit does happen, but news newsflash folks like the bears aren't and i am already somewhat thinking of next year and matt nagy's gonna be there unless we don't win another game and we lose by 30 plus points week in and week out then maybe something different but he will be this is what we have and shit things better get better because <laughs> if not this podcast is going to be the same thing next year as it is this year which here we are shocker of the century folks we all knew we would be here well, maybe this time next year we'll be in a Cubs World Series, Cubs Sox World Series, so that'll be good. That'd be a little better. That would be a little better. But football-wise, 
it's just so predictable. The yeah. The, the game plan is predictable. The outcomes are semi-predictable. Like, it's not a shocker. <laughs> they, they gave us a sample size in the beginning, and we figured out for the most part what we have. Yeah, and, and if Nick Foles' assessment of Matt Nagy is true, per Brian Greasy, then yeah, that's all you need to know, that this is, this is who he is, and you're going to have to understand that. And... It's funny. I I, I kind of see a similar thing with McVeigh too. Like you look at these guys and you're like, oh, like they're these fancy offensive geniuses that are going to lead the NFL in a new revolution, but they kick out of their own way, and they're both relying on their defenses to win them games. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy if you really think about those two coaches together. And so it's kind of where you're at. And I know this team's still five and two. I think they're probably going to be a playoff team. But this next stretch of tonight's game, and then. Next week against the Saints and the Titans, these are your biggest tests. Where, like I said last week, you could easily sit there at the end of that and be five and four. And Those that's games crazy. Get ugly. And that's Those crazy get ugly. because you've seen again this offense have an inability to get the ball in the end zone, and yeah. and, and three points told you all you had to tonight. It's it's unfortunate we had to postpone the show. Well, we didn't postpone the show for one day, but we had to switch up the programming because exciting. Bears, Monday Night Football. <laughs> Oops. And here we are. Eh, I, I don't mind doing late night shows, but for that? Yeah, not worth it. Boo. Not worth our anger. <laughs> Where's the boo button? <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Make sure to download and subscribe to our show. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. He is on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. I am on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The show is at Believe in Chicago on Twitter. Believe Podcast Network is what we're a part of, the number one network for professionals. The number one podcast network, excuse me, for professionals. Unless we can make an all-encompassing big media empire network. That could be good, too. And then we will be back with you on Thursday for some more Chicago sports talk. We'll see what breaks in the news, if there's any White Sox managerial updates, Cubs updates, Bulls angst, Blackhawk confusion, or more Bears misery. So so we'll, we'll see what comes to our beautiful minds on Thursday. Until then, for Dan, I'm Joey. We'll uh, talk to you then. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.